The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is a straightforward way to take care of your erectile dysfunction. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. And finally, we're also brought to you by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Use promo code SGP to get 5% off at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. as one of the greatest fighters in the world. I want to say this it was my last fight. You go out the way you wanted to as the undisputed UFC lightweight champion. Khabib Nurmagomedov, the UFC lightweight champ, has made it official. To walk away at 29-0. We're all lucky that we got to see him fight. He's ready to retire. I think he's done. I don't think he'll come back. Ain't no time for the run, run. The door opening to go into the UFC finally came open at the exact right time. We couldn't have scripted it better. Coming into the lightweight division as Khabib unexpectedly retires. Do I deserve a title shot after one fight in the UFC? I don't know, but I, I know I said yes when it was offered to me. And if people don't like that, eventually I will wear them down for them to say, okay, that Michael Chandler guy, I kind of like him. Okay, he deserves to be champion. Oh! Big fashion i walked him down knocked him out we got our hand raised surprise surprise there's a new king in the lightweight division so beat me if you can see you at the top and um now we're gonna get ufc gold he set the record for total submission wins in the UFC in 2018. He's never out of line. He's never out of position, never out of balance. He's just one of the best fighters to watch for. Pure technique. He is a lightweight contender on a serious ride. Look at Oliveira just beating Tony Ferguson up. We're looking at a young contender coming into his prime. Falei, me assista, vou chocar o mundo. E a gente vai lá e faz isso. Eu mandei um recado pra divisão. Try it for another submission. And there is the tap. He continues to pile onto his record. I'm going to get in his face early. I'm going to make him feel my power from that first exchange. Second guess his gumption to want to actually win that UFC title. Oh, it's over. That's why you paid the big bucks for Michael Chandler. Por esses grandes lutas lá, é um cara duro, é um cara que faz acontecer, só que a gente tava falando de UFC, uma nova história, né? There's the tap. Charles Oliveira does it again. Esse cara vai cair sentado dobrado no primeiro round na frente. Oh! 
Charles to Brox Oliveira. Doesn't wrap him up. He knocks him out. He's had a lot of fights inside the UFC octagon, but he's never fought a man like me. I can't wait to get inside there and compete. I believe I'm going to put his lights out and then get that belt around the waist. You are listening to The Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at my Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. I am the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Over on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, I did say that this show would be out early. Unfortunately, I had a medical issue. I talk about that at length at the top of the Bundesliga show, which was also late. Um, I had a blood test appointment that went horribly wrong. Um, This nurse was just digging needles into my arm, looking for a vein and uh, eventually just um, damaged a nerve in my arm and is just heavily, heavily bruised. Um, I'm having difficulty moving my my fingers fully. So I'm on some like serious painkillers that knocked me out in the middle of last night. So that's why this show wasn't done on on time. There's more in-depth story over on the Bundesliga show. So that's why the show is late, but let's crack on with it. First of all, let me say, if you want to get my additional content, including plays for this card, we're coming off a profitable UFC card last time out, then head over to lockbetting.com for all of the official plays. We have delivered our clients 95 months in a row of transparent tracked profits. To see the last month, just go to the Twitter account that I mentioned, at SGP Soccer, and you will see we delivered £3,038, which is over $3,900 in a single month. And that wasn't padded out by futures. This month will be. This is a big futures month, but we still look to make money with all of the other sports, and you still have 16 days of money to make. We have an incredible 10-1 and record going in the MLB. We are making money in the NBA, although not as much, because um, as we head towards the end of the regular season, we are seeing a lot of blowouts and a lot of players rested, a lot of effort reduced, a lot of people um, tanking deliberately, I would say, for draft picks. So it's a little bit of a weird time you need to handicap around. Really, really looking forward to getting well back on track with the start of the playoffs. And of course, we also do NHL, UFC, boxing. We are killing it in boxing at the moment. Got very, very unlucky last week with that Canelo stoppage, but we are definitely on the right path. That was definitely the right side. And of course, soccer as well. And tennis. We have the French Open tennis coming up. I'm still lobbying for a return to tennis podcast. So if you want a French Open preview, hit up Ryan, hit up Sean, annoy them over at the SGP network and say, hey, We want the free money that we can make with the tennis. Give us our French Open podcast. Give us at least the Grand Slams here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's not up to me. It's up to them. So if you bug them enough, I'm sure that will be the case. That's how we ended up getting more soccer shows. And that's what we need to do to end up getting more shows for the tennis. Hell, if it was up to me, we'd be previewing tennis. We'd be doing a WWE pay-per-view preview this weekend as well because I can guarantee you'd make money on that as well. But it's not my say. If you ever want any additional content, hit them up at Gambling Podcast or at the SGP Network and say, hey, we want a tennis show. At least we want the Grand Slams. Give us a preview of the French Open here on the Sports Gambling Podcast and they'll make it make it happen for you. But until as it, as it stands now, the numbers for the tennis shows were not great. So that's why we're not doing them. So we're here to do another edition here of the Fight Show. And it's UFC 262. 
I don't think this card seems to me like more of a fight night card. Um, it's a bit of a step down coming off the back of that last major pay-per-view, which was just insane with the fans being back. And then we look ahead to UFC 263 and 264 with Adesanya on one card and Conor McGregor on another. This one looks a little bit underwhelming, and that's probably because uh, Diaz was taken off the card because he picked up an injury. Had Nate Diaz been here, then um, I think it would have been very, very different in terms of... Um, the, the star power here on this card. So it does have a little bit of a feel of a fight night card. Still loads of good fights, but it's not for your um it's not for your casuals. This is really a UFC hardcore card here in terms of people that will look at this and go, yeah, that's a great card. I want to buy it. So I'm not expecting an overwhelmingly big buy rate for this one with the headline fight. And obviously as I said, that is largely down to Diaz no longer being on this show. We begin here with our main event, which is Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Charles Oliveira is the 8-11 to favourite in this one. It's 11-10 to on Michael Chandler, which is very, very interesting that he's the underdog here. Could be some value there. We'll look at that when we break the fight down. Charles Oliveira on the method of victory market is 4-1 to via TKOKO. He's 7-4 to via a submission. And six to one via decision. Michael Chandler is fifteen to eight via TKOKO, sixteen to one via submission, and he's eleven to two to get this done via a decision. Looking at the over/under markets here in this one, um, we'll take it from the over one and a half rounds, which is available at four to seven. It's five to four on the under one and a half rounds. Uh, under two and a half rounds is at four to six. And over two and a half rounds is at 11 to 10. So they very much fancy um, a stoppage here. Uh, under three and a half rounds is at two to five. It's seven to four on over three and a half rounds. It's under four and a half rounds at three to 10. And over four and a half rounds at five to two. The fight to go to distance is as big as three to one. So over one and a half rounds is interesting to me there because I wonder if there'll be a cautious approach from both of these guys in terms of um, routes to victory. Charles Oliveira holds the record here for the most submissions in UFC with a total of 14. That's why you're seeing that air in the market at 7-4, to four, whereas it's 4-1 to one, TKOK and 6-1 to one via decision. The submission there is 7-4. to four, So that is his definite key to victory. Same for Michael Chandler being 15-8 to eight via TKOKO. 80% of Michael Chandler's TKOKO finishes in his pro MMA career have actually come in the first round. So you can get Chandler here at 7-1 to one or 15-2 to two best price if you shop around to get this done via TKOKO actually in the first round. So it looks like the bookies have clearly identified how this fight is going to play out and have identified clear routes to victory here in this one. I just don't think it's going to be as simplistic as that. I do think the fight will end before the distance. But because it's a title fight, I think there will be a little bit of caginess involved. Look, Michael Chandler's come in for, from Uf, uh, from Bellator sorry, to the UFC. He obviously has a, a legacy to protect. So there may be some caution there, even though um, it does benefit him more to go all out in the first round. But he'll be wary of Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira has done unbelievably well to get into this position. He wasn't supposed to be here. He's riding an eight-fight win streak and is 
fighting for his first UFC title here on Saturday against a Bellator legend here in Michael Chandler. After submitting Kevin Lee as an underdog, he then beat Tony Ferguson in a title eliminator again as an underdog. And he's used um, elite jiu-jitsu uh, to get there via unanimous decision. So it's not just submissions here. So if he wants to do the same here to Chandler, he's going to have to use his range and keep Chandler and his knockout power away from away from him as, as much as he possibly can because that's easier said than done because Chandler can get it done with both hands and he's going to implement a bully type style here because it does benefit it to get benefit him to get it done early he's 34 years old don't forget so he's coming here in the twilight of his career for big money um, a lot of people picked him to lose his last fight including me because that was a real tough debut to come in and he ended up winning that fight he ended up putting away Dan Hooker closing the distance and knocking him out. So that for me was an upset because Hooker was on a great run as well, like Oliveira is. And Michael Chandler looked like he was just coming here for a payout, but he still showed he knew how to get it done. And I was a little bit wary of the losses that he had on his record. He had some bad losses in Bellator before he came over. And I figured that he was entering that period where fighters, where fighters enter, where they don't quite have it anymore. They start putting losses on top of losses. I mean, you see Tony Ferguson, he's going to be on this card. We'll talk about him when we get to that situation. You can even put the same, um, you can even apply the same theory to um, Ronaldo Souza, Jacare Souza, who's on this card as well. Has he reached that point where it might be time to retire for him. Is he going to now be putting on um, pointless losses onto his record? We see it with loads of people. Anderson Silva, the greatest of all time, although his record now doesn't indicate that with all the losses that they've that they've got on there. So you have to actually look at his record in detail to see all of those losses have come after the injury that he sustained against Chris Weidman. And he was just never the same fighter and ended up losing a large majority of his last few fights. So I thought Chandler was entering that period, but he got that win against Dan Hooker. I, I just wonder if some of that was down to where the fight was taken. Dan Hooker was put in a situation where he didn't see his family for a while. Uh, the fight was happening at a weird time in the morning. There was a lot of contributing factors there where you could argue that Dan Hooker was completely taken out of his comfort zone and the more experienced fighter, Michael Chandler, was able to adapt to that situation and use his experience. But will that be the same here against uh, Oliveira? There's no doubt about it. Chandler is going to be the aggressor. He's going to come forward and he does have tremendous power. That has not left his hands despite his age. He's obviously the better boxer here and I think he'll try to close the distance like he did against Dan Hooker. Either Chandler lands an early TKO here or he uses his wrestling to, to try and drag Oliveira into deeper waters and possibly tire him out. I think either way, Chandler as an underdog is very, very interesting because he has more routes to victory. I'm just not sure if he's done because then if he's done and that last time out was just a case of Dan Hooker just not being able to climatize to the situation, then Oliveira is a very, very easy pick. This is such a hard fight to, to call. Um, looking at the over underlines because it's a title fight. And um, I just don't see it ending in the first seven and a half minutes. You can take the over one and a half, but that's a lot of juice to take. And um, I'm not comfortable doing it. It certainly won't be appearing in my in my lock at the end of the show. I have no real strong lean here. Um, it's Chandler early. 
or it's Chandler um, trying to then use his experience to wrestle out, or he's he is the washed fighter and Oliveira manages to find a way to to add another submission to his repertoire. If I'm going to bet Oliveira here, despite the fact that he won a decision versus um, versus Ferguson, I'm just going to go for that submission market here at seven to four. Um, I'm also interested in sprinkling a little bit on Michael Chandler uh, to win this fight round on in round one via TKO KO. So I'm looking at a lot of little bets and, and probably spreading it across both fighters because um, I, I just can't make the call here in terms of whether Chandler's victory against Hooker was legit, um, which means there's no explanation for the way he faded towards the end of his UFC career or whether Oliveira um, should should be backed here finally as a favourite, having come off the two victories, which were surprising. Two, two fighters who I would say... It had, had they continued those win streaks and I put them up against Michael Chandler before he had that fight against Hooker, I would have made them favourites to beat Michael Chandler. I just thought Chandler was coming here for his retirement money. But that, that last fight has really thrown me off. So I, I honestly throw my hands up here. I don't know what to do with this one. I have a little tiny bet on Chandler to win TKO round one. And um, another bet on Oliveira via submission. And if you feel like you want to go big here on the main event, then it's, then it's your risk. And uh, I would say that it does get two and a half minutes into the second round before anyone gets finished. But I'm not giving you that with any any confidence. And I personally won't be laying that juice here in this one. Up next, we have Benil Darush versus Tony Ferguson here with um, Tony Ferguson coming into this on quite a losing streak. So for me, it makes it difficult to back Tony Ferguson here, even as an underdog, which would not have been the case two years ago. He's at 11 to 10 to win this fight, whereas Benil Darush is available here at four to six. Uh, Darush is available at nine to two via TKO KO, eight to one submission, and six to four via decision. Uh, Tony Ferguson is at five to one TKO KO, ten to one via submission, and seven to two via a decision. This is a really tough fight to call. I, as an auto bet, like to fade fighters who were once great, are trying to get back on track and uh, all of a sudden find themselves on some sort of a losing streak. I don't see very often that fighters recover from that, and that is the Tony Ferguson situation at the moment. So for me, he should be an auto-fade here, but I don't really want to take Benil Darush here as a favourite. He's coming off a split-decision win over Diego Ferreira. Um, He's now getting a top-ranked opponent that he's asking for here in Ferguson. In two of his last four wins, Darush has actually won via knockout. Um, the chin of Ferreira was the only reason that that didn't uh, the knockout streak didn't continue because he has some awesome chin. However, Darush relied on his ground game to get the victory, and um, for the first time in his career coming into this, Ferguson has lost those two fights in a row. In order for him to win, he has to go back to that blistering pace and throw everything at Darush if he still has it in him. If he can drag this fight into a third round and not take too many ridiculous shots here from from Darush, then I believe that he can win this cardio battle. I don't question his cardio. I question his chin. I still think the cardio is there and I still think that this can go the full three rounds with Ferguson on top and maybe even win fight of the night. But I don't think this is going to cement Ferguson's comeback if he does get it done. I do think he's susceptible to to losing fights he shouldn't lose in the future. But I just 
don't feel confident this is going to be one. And to see him here as an underdog, who, who is available actually as big as uh, plus 156-4 in places, I'm interested in that one. Um, looking at the total rounds market, which I should have looked at before, the over is 2.5 and, and the under is at 5-4. to four. And for this fight to go the distance, it's 4-5 to five yes and 10 to a, uh, an even money no. I would go yes. I do think it gets to the distance. And I think there's a possibility that Ferguson could have started well enough to be ahead there'll be scary moments in this fight and we'll really find out if that chin is gone but if it isn't then I think Ferguson is good value to be ahead here at the end of the fight but again small lane not putting my house on anything here not locking anything up I just think Ferguson is going to be edging ahead at this fight if it does make the distance if anything I would just bet on this one to go the distance here in this one up next we'll look at the fight here between Machnell and Rogero Bontorin, where Matt Schnell is available here at 4 to 6 minus 150, and Bontorin is available here at 5 to 4. Schnell is at 10 to 3 on the method to victory market to get this via TKO KO 8 to 1 submission and 7 to 4 via a decision, which is the most likely way this fight will play out. Bontorin is available at 92 via TKOKO, 7-1 submission, and he's 4-1 to get this done on the decision. The distance here is 8-11, sorry, 10-11 on yes and 10-11 on no, with the over 2.5 rounds at 4-6 and the under 2.5 rounds here at 11-10. I would take the distance there as opposed to the over 2.5 because the price is significantly different from minus 150 to 10-11. to 11. Fights are rarely finished in the last uh, 2.5 minutes of the third round. This isn't the type of fight you expect to see on a UFC pay-per-view. So it's a big opportunity for these two. I do lean Schnell here. In Rogero Bontorin's last fight, we saw him dominating the fight up until the last five seconds of round one where he got finished. This guy is a talented athlete. He's got solid wrestling, but I question his gas tank here, even in a three-round fight. Schnell, on the other hand, um, he doesn't have that problem at all. He's got endless cardio, decent takedown defense. He can win this via submission and he's the better striker in this fight. So I think he'll use that speed to, to pick apart Bontorin and try and tire him out. And I think when you're looking at the last... Um, the last um, round and a half here in this fight as we get past the over 1.5 rounds mark. I think that will be the time where uh, you see Schnell really taking over and possibly looking for a finish towards the end of the second or maybe the end of the third round. But I don't think he'll get that finish. I think he'll be able to win this with um, just being more active with his cardio and uh, being able to maybe secure takedowns, maybe even be just being more active on his feet and not needing to take it to that point. So I think Either way, everything here points to Schnell. I think that he's just better at a lot more stuff here in this fight and he'll find a way to pick apart Bonterin. I do think that it will go to the scorecards. However, if you just want to pick a winner in this fight, take Schnell here while you can get him at 4-6, to six, minus 150. And as I said, if you do want to go for the decision, that one's available at 7-4. to four. Or you can just take this fight to go to distance here at 10-11 to 11 because uh, there is a possibility that Bonterin could nick round one. So that makes it very much a lottery, especially with current UFC judges. Or there may be an in-play here. If I'm right in suggesting that uh, Rogero Bonterin will be a lot more active active in round one and Schnell will take over. Perhaps you can jump in and play lots of plays, lots of ways, sorry, to bet this. Not necessarily in love with 
any of them. Um, but I do lean towards Schnell winning this fight. I think I would say that's the strongest play so far here on this podcast. Up next, we have a chick fight here between Caitlin Chukagan going up against Vivian Arejo, where Arejo is the 11-10 underdog with Chukagan as the narrow 4-5 favourite here. Chukagan is even money to win this via a decision, so the bookies are really seeing no other way that she wins this fight. It's such a marginalised difference between 4-5 to five and a decision. I think if you like Chukagan here, there is just no point taking that risk. A submission is 14-1 to one and TKO KO is 10-1. to one. Uh, Viviana Rejo here is 5-1 to one by TKO KO, 18-1 via decision, and she too is short, uh, 18-1 to one, sorry, via submission, and she too is short via decision here, which is available at 15-8. to eight. I've no doubt this goes the distance and the bookies believe the same. This one is available at one to three to go the distance. So I think whoever you like here, you just tack on them to win this via decision because looking at those odds and obviously looking at the previous fights that these two ladies have had, there is real, really very, very little way that this one doesn't end up going to the judges scorecard. I think at one to three, this could be a possible parlay piece for you. So that's something to consider here on this uh, for this one. So I'm going to lean Chukagan. I've just seen a lot more of her. I think that she is just the better all-round MMA fighter. I think, again, like a lot of stuff on this card, it's going to be a pass from me. I think this is primarily just a parlay piece, but I would lean Chukagan. And because of the um, the difference between four to five and evens being marginalized, um, I, I think you may as well just take a hit on the money line with the TKO and sub, the TKO KO and the submission not really being a factor. But this is a fight and people throw punches and they try and take each other down and they wrench joints and bend things back. And look, it can happen. You can submit someone. You can knock somebody out. These girls have been training for weeks in training camps to do exactly that. So I think it's stupid here to take a decision at even money, even though I do think that's what will happen when uh, Chukagan to win the fight is four to five. Doesn't really make too much sense. Why would you risk it for a uh, for such a minimal amount of extra return? But for me, I would pass on this fight because um, both girls have a method to victory. And despite the fact we've seen more of Chukagan and regarded to be the better fighter here, just like the books do, which is why she's a favourite, doesn't mean that I'm categorically sure about that and, uh, and would necessarily want to bet it. Up next, we look at the final fight here on the main card between Shane Burgos and Edson Barboza. Barboza is a six to five dog here with Burgos available at four to six. That's an interesting one because when you look at these records, Barboza comes into this with more losses than Burgos, who just has two. So maybe that justifies his favoritism. But for me, I think this is a bad matchup here for Shane Burgos. He's 10 to 3 to win this via TKO KO, 10 to 1 submission, and 7 to 4 via decision. And Barboza is 5 to 2 via decision, 20 to 1 submission, and 4 to 1 via TKO. I do think this one winds up getting to the cards. And it is available at four to five to get to those cards. And I lean towards the underdog, Barboza, being on top. I think this is a bad matchup for Shane Burgos. He's looking to bounce back from his recent loss to Josh Emmett. But Barboza is a tough task here for Burgos because Burgos isn't the type of guy who will back down from a challenge. He's going to come in here, press the action. He's going to try and get onto, get into Barboza's face. And he's going to look like he he's probably winning the early part of the fight. 
However, eventually, um, he's going to be held off, I think, by Barboza hitting the leg strikes here and um, his general striking and mainly his kicking. This is going to make it very difficult for Burgos to close the difference, uh, the distance. I don't see him implementing the strategy that he wants to implement here where he wants to get reckless and enjoy a good brawl. I think if you try that, Barboza is going to wield you off and he's famous for these leg kicks and I do think they'll slow Barboza down and um, he'll start to pick him off and on the scorecards it will look like to the judges that um that Edson Barboza has won this fight. So I think he's another live underdog here in this one. So I'm going to lean towards Edson Barboza winning this fight here in this one. Closing out with the lock on the show, there isn't anything that I'm particularly in love with here on this show, I have to say. Um, what I will do is much like I did on the EPL show, and I'll give you a half unit lock so you're not in for too much. And there will be half unit plays. When I say I don't want to play a lock, I don't want you guys to invest one unit in anything. Because in my... I see guys... I see these idiots on Twitter. I see these clowns on Twitter. And they're like, seven units, eight units, 20 unit max, max whale, all this kind of shit. Listen, these are not professional gamblers. They're morons or they're frauds. And they're people that are stealing your money and they're only touting their wins and they're creating a false sense of perception. I have spreadsheets from every single month that I started doing this. My pinned tweet is always the previous month's PL. Now, one unit to me is a hundred pounds, a hundred pounds of someone's hard earned money. For most people, that will take you a day to earn. For some people, it may take even longer. So I take that very, very seriously. They want to come out here and go, oh, this is a lock and that's a lock. That's me telling you to bet one unit on something, which is £100 of stake, $125 of staking um, in, on my service. So that's that's a lot of money as far as I'm concerned for everyday people, which I like to think people are that listen to the show. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take a half unit lock here on this show. I'm going to scale back. I'm going to take the Shane Burgos-Barboza fight to go to distance here at four to five. I do think Barboza's key to victory is to, hold, is to wield Burgos off. And I don't particularly see a finish in this one. So that's going to be the lock here on this show. But as I said, there's going to be lots of um, other plays. They're not going to be big one unit plays, but there is stuff I like. And to get all of those plays, including the prelims, head over to lockbetting.com. That's it for me in this edition of The Fight Show. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.